Happy hump day. Happy hump day. Welcome to the Nooner Show. We're back. We are here with Gina, Rocky, and Jackie. I got outside this weekend. Took a walk around a park. There were lots of people. Walk out on there. the wild side. Oh, I felt you like you look it. wild today. Look at I your uh, leopard uh, print skirt. No, I was like, it's going to be sixty degrees out today. I'm breaking out a nice little spring outfit. Yeah, finally, yeah. My winter. I have like one look all winter, and it's just cold. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's layers with more layers and more layers. Yeah. So and the only things that layer nicely are oversized hoodies and Did sweats. You just so. buy that outfit. No, I've had it. I've had it for a long time. Actually, that's why I was like, I should probably start wearing this. Let's talk about purchases. Yeah. Let's not. So you heard about Tom Brady's retired and then unretired. I know. But in between that very short period of time, there was a guy who bought his last touchdown pass football. So it's the last football that he threw to make his last touchdown of his career. And he purchased it for over half a million dollars. Was that? Oh, no, wait. They didn't go to the Super Bowl, so it no. wasn't the Super Bowl. No, but it would have been at the Rams game, right? Wow, Rams half versus, a million dollars. Yeah, so he spent half a million dollars, football? and less than 24 hours later, he came out of retirement. Wait, 24 hours? It was less than 24 hours after he purchased Oh, after the football. he purchased the football. Yep, that Tom Brady came out of retirement. So oh, my his, gosh. His, the value of it went from being half a million to 100000 <gasps> So he lost Seriously? that much money. Yeah, so he... <gasps> Lost them. So now, but Tom Brady has came out and now said he's partnering with Bitcoin and he was like, let's donate to like the charity of the buyer's choice, which I was kind of like, which, which is, is a, the buyer. Yeah. yeah which is, right. I was like, which is a really nice thing. But like, buyer. obviously, if you have enough money to spend half a million right, dollars on, right, a, on a football, football like right. you're fine. Right. Like, you're not really like, right. That was already a gamble. But right. I was kind of like, just give the guy's money back. Like, you know I mean, but I guess he, they did offer like, I think they offered to like, take the football, you know what I mean? Or like take the football back or something like, but he was like, right. no, I want to keep it. So, but right, I was like, if you have that kind of money, I can't imagine. That yeah. It's if you're about spending half a million money. dollars on a football, right. like, yeah, you're right. fine. But it's about Tom Brady's yeah. football. Yep. So I just, but like, is there something that you've purchased that you immediately regretted? Like something that you bought mm. that you were like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> okay. So my husband listens to the show, so I'm going to say no. Yeah. In fact, let me just say for the record, listening. I don't purchase anything yeah. ever. Right, right. Just okay. because we were on the phone this weekend and and the UPS G- man showed Gina, up. We don't purchase anything ever. My dad However, calls our house Macy's of Metamora. So. <laughs> and he said, oh, look, there's that box with a star on it again. <laughs> I got called out when he started working at home. He yeah. Said, one day he goes, this is starting to look like Macy's warehouse here. <laughs> I said, Which I is not this. really fair because right. he works for Stanley Black & Decker. So if it's not a red star, it's usually it's black, black and, and yellow. yellow. So there there we go. House There's a, a very... rap song yeah. that's black and yellow. Black and yellow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have I purchased anything that I regretted? Um, I feel like yes. So like... When like our my first show out of COVID, I got very was very excited and I bought oh. a designer dress and I don't normally spend money on clothes like that. Like I'll go I out and I'll maybe that. buy something, but I never spend money on. Yeah. A, I would never go out and buy a designer dress, but it was so cute and I you just ordered and that. I was obsessed. I got obsessed mm-hmm. about it for so long because it was such a cool dress, and so I found a way to find the money and made it happen. I I found a wish and. 
made it happen. Sure did. <laughs> I set goals and I overcame what? obstacles. Yeah, what was and the, in the way? The money came to my house and I tried it on and it looked like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so bad. Welcome to the Nooner Show. Here's your host, Jackie Wallace, Gina Guccini, and Rocky Wallace. What about you? When I first graduated from college and started my got my first job and I was teaching, my first teaching job, I absolutely hated it. And I called my um, my advisor from CMU and said, I think I made the biggest financial mistake of my life. And she said, oh, good. I'm glad to hear it's going yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, went, it teaching is so hard. Mm-hmm. And so oh. that, at that time, that was it. That was like, it got better. But at, but I thought, oh my God, this, I should have never done this. With wow. college. Yeah, with college. But yeah. it, it turned out I had a great career and, and loved it. But that first year was, was the Brutal. worst. Yeah. All right. Well, this segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Our guest today, Alan Turner, his love for country music began at a young age when he his father gave him an old vinyl record of Kenny Rogers' The Gambler. From that moment on, Alan set on a, on a journey and never looked back. Besides his talent, good looks, and dynamic stage performance, Alan has mastered the business side of the music industry. His commitment and discipline over the years have earned him numerous awards between Nashville and Detroit. Today, Alan is back with a new album called Captain Ron's Las Hacienda. He's back on the road with his band and new project, The Gambler Returns, the ultimate Kenny Rogers tribute. Welcome back to The Nooner Show, Alan Turner. Woo! Good to be back. It is good to have you back. Boy, it's been a minute since I've been to an Alan Turner show. Yeah. I know. And I looked at your schedule, and you are hitting it hard again. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good to be playing a lot again. Yeah. Played a lot last year, but uh, the year before was kind of terrible. I mean, you guys were doing gigs like twice a week, and I remember looking at your schedule, and you would go from – uh, you'd be in Pickney one day, and then all of a sudden you'd be in Key West the next day. And yeah. it was like, how the hell are you? Yeah, doing how do that? you that's do just, that? That's just great planning. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, and then your schedule this year kind of is resembles that. that. If you yeah. look at it, Again. It's, we're all over the place. Yeah. What was your last live show? Live show. Uh, the last live show was in Georgia, in uh, Lyons, Georgia. Wow. Actually, it's Vidalia, Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's right next to each other where the Vidalia onion, you know, that sweet onion. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, we were down there for three shows a couple weeks ago. So. And then we had a show last night, which was a, mem- a memorial thing for a guy who passed away. A guy who was a photographer in the area and did a lot of photography work. Who was that? Um, uh, Mike Sexton Sr. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, I started this thing 15 years ago, and it was that in the beginning he was starting photography at that time and I can remember doing a show. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he, he passed, passed away. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, that's oh. so sad. Okay. Yeah. Where was the show at? Uh Diesel Concert Lounge. Oh, okay. So we had a bunch of country artists and some rock artists and stuff that all knew him mm-hmm. and uh, were involved in his career with photography in some way or another. Wow. Um, Before we get to this new album, which I'm excited to hear about the inspiration behind it, let's go back to how you got started because Rocky and I were having a debate. For some reason, I've known you for a while. I thought you 
started this career when you were a child. Like, I thought you've been in music forever, but really, the band started, you said, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when my father passed away, he was my inspiration. And growing up as a teenager, I was involved in music. I was involved in a band, did all that stuff, but I got married really young, and I decided to push off continuing to do music and to get into uh, raising my family and, and having a good job. So that's that's kind of what my my life became. I still did music, but I didn't pursue a band thing. Like I was in a big hair band in the 80s, you know. If you can imagine me with big <laughs> hair and tight pants and all that stuff, you know. When my, our youngest was graduating, was around that time that I had started back up doing music. That was 15 years ago, so... What'd you do in the meantime prior to that then? Uh, you know, I did a lot of like uh, quartet singing and a lot oh, wow. of um, um, vocal stuff. Like there was when big artists would come into town, I would do backup vocal stuff for, for artists, uh, a lot of gospel stuff. Now, your parents were both involved in music, My right? father more so. My father was involved. In, he was in a kind of like a, um, a, a touring orchestra type band. You know, okay. where he was the singer, if you think of uh, any of those uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head, Benny Goodman or something like that, that type of thing out of Canada. And um, oh. I think they were called the Melatones or something like that. Um, but he did that type of stuff. My mom, she just knew how to play piano. She taught me how to play piano. She wasn't really involved in music, but she was a Sunday school teacher, and she taught me how to play. So they were pretty supportive then. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so you, you put it aside, and then... Uh, about 15 years ago, you decided to get back into it. What made you want to get back into it? Um, I didn't really want to get back in. I never really, because I knew what it was going to take. And I didn't want to get in the music into doing just playing bars. That was never my goal. I was much older at that point, And to try to pursue a music career at, at the age I was at that time was going to be very difficult. But I was willing to do it. And so I had a drummer who approached me and said, hey, because I had won this, I had entered a contest and won this contest, opened up for a Nashville artist, and this drummer approached me and said, you know, we should start a band and, and back in. I said, well, not really interested in doing that. I don't want to do what it's going to take because it's a lot of work. But he talked me into it. So I said, as long as you guys are willing to try to take this as far as we can take it, I'm willing to do it. I'm not doing this just to go play a bar, you know, and make a couple bucks, you know. I want to write i want to put you know music out i want to do everything you can possibly do to try to get noticed and try to, to showcase my skills as a writer and songwriter and things so they were interested in doing that and of course as we got bigger members decided well that's too much <laughs> now i'm i'm pushing the envelope way too far we're traveling now oh well i can't do that you know so we had to bring in other people that and you've stayed with that same goal yeah and that same goal was to push it as far as i can and i and i I think I've done that. Um, I don't. I believe at this point in my career, I'm not going to be the next Alan Jackson. I, it's not probably not going to happen because I'm 54 years old, and you know, and the music industry is really looking for younger people. Even Kenny Rogers, when he first broke off from the North, uh, the uh, the first edition, they weren't going to sign him because he was too old. He was 40 years old, and they thought, well, that's just you're just too old. And we're not going to do it, but the guy that was his producer had an agreement with the record label, so they he had to sign any they had to sign anybody he brought to them, and so you know that was a big uh, big uh, thing for that record label. They obviously because Kenny was a huge hit, right? Wow. 
But uh, yeah, so I'm still doing it. I'm still writing music and doing what I love. Um, I've wrote music with other artists for other artists. Um, I've not specifically wrote for other artists, although I was thinking just the other day, Greg, Greg Stryker and I, Greg writes for other artists. Um, and I write all the time with Greg Stryker. We kind of had this thing when we first wrote together. It was like, wow, this is really magical. So we write together, but we got tons of songs we wrote for me that may I may never get around to, <laughs> to releasing. I don't know. So maybe maybe some of those songs are good for other artists. But you know. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, well, some of the ones you have released have been pretty big, like Tennessee Twister. Tennessee Twister that? was huge, yeah. Yeah, and that was big in Europe too, yeah, right? Yeah, big in Europe. Because you have a pretty big fan base in Europe, don't you? Have you ever played in Europe? Europe, for some reason, American country music really goes over well in Europe. More on the classic side. They like the more classical-sounding country music. Not necessarily the more modern stuff. But so sort of like the Johnny Cash types? Yeah, definitely the Johnny Cash types are real popular. And I think my music tends to bridge the gap between the two. And so that's why maybe I'm appealing to some to some element in uh, Europe. But we've done very well. We've had a lot of number ones over in Europe. And um, we've been invited to go do the Vorghese uh, Country Fest in northern Italy. Wow. And we were going to do that. And initially, I, you know, they were, well, how much is it going to cost for us to bring you over? And I said, well, you know, I gave them this huge bill because I wanted all my band, and they that's not what they're thinking. They're thinking is we'll bring you and a couple of people from your band, and then we'll put a band behind you and oh. that type of thing. So we went through that whole negotiation thing, and we're going to do the, the Vorghese Country Fest. It's in June, and then COVID hit, and you know, that kind of ended all that kind of travel stuff. So I don't know if that's going to come back around. But I just got inducted into the um, European Academy of Country Music Hall of Fame. Wow, really? Wow, yeah. So exciting. That, that just happened just this year. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. So it was kind of cool. Me and Carrie Underwood and two wow. other uh, country artists got were like the first inductees into that for this year. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So do you but, get to go there and accept the award? I don't know what's going on with that. I haven't heard anything more other than, hey, congratulations, you've so, been nominated. Do you have a manager or are you doing all that yourself? Well, I've had a manager okay. uh, who was really some of the big things I did in the beginning, you know, going to Vegas and opening for Kenny Rogers and, and Montgomery Gentry and all the big stuff that happened was I had a manager by the name of Robin Kersey who was a huge uh, part of my life early on. He just kind of basically retired. Whenever I need him, I bring him back out of retirement. And <laughs> Robin's always good about that. He'll come back out and make some phone calls and do something. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, he retired. And I, I would like to get a manager. Mm -hmm. um, and I've talked to some people in Nashville, and it's just finding the right person. And it just hasn't happened. So I kind of managed my career um, along with other people. You know, like I don't do any of the booking stuff. I have a booking manager handles all my booking. So I really don't get involved in any of the uh, booking of me. I'm kind of a, a lone gun out here. I come from a background of a financial advisor. That's what I, when I stopped playing music, I went on to become a financial advisor. So oh, wow. a lot of that involves marketing. A lot of that involves having those skills to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody that, you know, you know mm -hmm. to have those not not afraid to make phone calls mm -hmm. type thing. Cold um, calling almost. So I've yeah, cold calling. Mm -hmm. So I, I have that, those skills, I guess. Mm -hmm.
but a lot of the the music stuff was when I had a manager, we were basically doing that stuff. I kind of was learning as we were going and stuff. So I kind of learn as you go, I guess is mm-hmm. the, the, the way, but I've had some background to, to be able to help me. And a lot of that's transferable to the music industry. But there's a lot of stuff. You just kind of learn as you go. When you started 15 years ago, getting back into it, what was your, how far did you think you'd go? Like, did you think? Yeah. So I set goals. So that's another thing. I set p- particular goals. Okay. When I went into it locally, there was a band by the name of, I can't think of their name now that it's left. <laughs> Julia Ankley was uh, in a band. I can't remember the name of the band off the top of my head. That's really bad. It'll come um, to you. It's okay. But that band <laughs> was like the country band in Michigan or in the Metro Detroit area. So my goal was to get to that level, right? To get my name to that level. And then, you know, you get to that level and then it's like, the, my goal is we got to do this. And, we, and then my next goal is we got to do that. I got to get a song on radio. I got to get, you know, those are, you just put goals in your, mm-hmm. your path to, to accomplish. Much like what I do in my financial industry, you know, work, right. you know, it's like if I have certain goals of the week, I need to make sure I ca- accomplish, I do the same thing with the music. So what's the current goal? Uh, current goal is because it's so my so this whole Kenny Rogers thing's got brought together. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. But uh, so my current goal is obviously promote the album, the music I got out there, keep my face out there, keep my name out there. That's kind of my goal. I'm not trying to get beyond that at this point because now I'm trying to launch this tribute show that I've uh, put together, this Kenny Rogers tribute show. So that's I've got all kinds of goals for that. That. Uh, focusing on when you bring on band members new band members because obviously it's ever-changing in in that industry how do you um get them to buy into your goals yeah so i so i think a lot of people may approach when they find oh alan turner's looking for a new whatever they may see that it's like wow this is a money-making opportunity you know they they look at it that way but in a lot of cases it's not such a great money-making opportunity we're hard working we're just you know so some things, you know, it's like you're going to work for free sometimes. You're going to work for a lot of money sometimes, and sometimes you're not going to work for much, but you'll get paid, you know. And I make sure everybody gets paid before I ever get paid. Yeah. Just, it's just that way. But uh, I think people come in with certain expectations, um, but we kind of, like, make we make it real realistic to them and that this is what they want to be a part of. You're going to play a lot of great places. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see a lot, you know, be seen by a lot of people. Um, and most people, you know, that's what they're looking to do, you know. What do you look for when you decide who can join your band? I look for loyalty, someone who's going to be loyal, um, cause that's important. Um, I don't look, I'm not looking for somebody who's like so great, thinks they're the greatest thing in the world. Um, you can be the greatest drummer in the world, but if I need a confident, solid drummer who's going to be loyal to me, so number one, when the next gig comes up and, you know, hey, we're doing something on Fox 2 that that day, and that's a free thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a promotional thing. But you got a gig you can go make 100 bucks or something. You're going to be loyal to me and not be right. concerned about that 100 bucks. And so I look for loyalty. I think that's the most important that's thing. A good yeah, that point. is a good Yeah, That's, that's a really, really good, good point. All right, let's talk about the new album. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, this, uh, you were saying that, uh, I'm looking at the cover, which just, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Key West. Is this a picture of Key West? Well, it's not a picture of Key West. It says, so there's there's a make-believe story. Or Captain Ron's Lost Hacienda, if you actually open up the book, there's a story in it. There's a whole oh. backstory, all that stuff. So tell us about it. Yeah, so I'll, um, 
to start off don't, with. You don't want to give any. You don't want to give it all away, though. Hey, a little you know, bit of the inspiration. Nobody buys albums anymore. They stream everything, so you don't get this information. <laughs> you gotta buy the album to get the int, you know the. See, I, the, the I stuff. still love albums. I do too. I like just like physical. I like books, tangible. I do. Yeah. I like. But go ahead, tell us. So, so the band and I were playing with the Oak Ridge Boys at Shooting Star Casino in northern Minnesota in February, and driving there, it was like negative twenty four degrees, Ugh. and it, so much when the snow blows over the road. It instantly freezes. Mm. So we're, you know, the bus would hit it and it's like, like that, you know, it's like you constantly, it's, it was like, it was really, and it was late at night. We're getting in there and you and can't see white much, knuckle, you know, yeah. white knuckle driving. Yeah. We finally get there. We're there for three days and it's all, we're inside the whole time, right? So that's okay because there's a hotel connected to the casino and the, the showroom and everything. We get there and we get everything unloaded and finally get the booze unloaded and, Captain Ron is is my sound guy, Ron Dickinson, and he's got an eye patch. So we affectionately call him Captain Ron the Pirate, right? <laughs> so I, I sent a text out to the band. I say, all the booze is up in Captain Ron's Lost Hacienda. I made it up at the spot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's going to make a cool song and that's album. The, oh, so that's, that's how funny. that happened. And then two weeks later, we were in Key West, Florida for two weeks playing down there, you know, and the weather's 82 degrees and beautiful and all Everyone's that. Everyone's happy. Everybody's <laughs> happy. So we went from negative 24 to 82 degrees yeah. in a very short period of time. And so that was the inspiration behind the album. So the story, I created a whole backstory of that. Captain Ron used to be a pilot during, uh, he was a Navy pilot, that you know, Vietnam Navy pilot, and he retired. <laughs> and during the Reagan administration, he uh, became a mercenary running guns to the Sandinistas or whatever down in uh, down in the Latin America, and uh, so he crashes on a I- deserted island off the coast of Mexico, and you know, it becomes Captain Ron's Lost Hacienda. You know, oh, that is oh, amazing! So if you see, nice. if you look in there, you'll see I, we've yeah. made him look like Cap or Mr. Rourke from, uh, from Fantasy, awesome. Island. Fantasy Island, and and things. So that is so great. That, but inside, <laughs> there's a little comic inside the um, thing. And it's got the whole story. Oh, that is so cool. You know, you can go to Amazon.com and buy it or my website. And it comes with the whole insert, the story. It's got really cool pictures. Yeah. How fun. So cool. That is so fun. So let's talk about some of the songs then. Yeah. Um, When Rocky gives it back to me here. Sorry, sorry, It's very cool. What's your favorite song on the album? I got a lot of favorite songs on the album. Um, You know, the big song that we've had on radio the most would be That's Why They Make Beer. Oh, it's a yeah. fun yeah. drinking song. We released a lot of these songs before we released the album. Because that, the, that song was the first song that was released, wasn't it? It was. Okay. And, and then we released a song called Let Go that we wrote during the um, COVID thing. So it was, And that was unique because we did things remotely, right? Because mm-hmm. that was in the very beginning yeah. when everybody had fear about being around each other, you know, that type of stuff. So we did a lot of that stuff remotely, shot a little um, lyric video for it. Um, in a in a bunker someplace, you know, and the whole idea was, I, and all the, I had all this toilet paper stacked up behind me. Like, <laughs> I was the dude that, they, you know, stole all the toilet paper, and, you know, and that's why you can't buy it, you know. And so you look at that lyric video, it's all about them there shining my gun and, you know, got the toilet paper behind me. Oh, but, uh, Where's the creativity behind some of these stories? Me. I, I'm, I'm, I am just a creative person. I'm, I can, I'm an artist. I can draw. Wow. I, oh. um, you know, these are little things that people don't know about me. Um, I'm a writer. I can write. Obviously, I write songs. I, I write stories. Um, never really done any of that stuff other than music's always been the real, 
real thing. But at one point, I was going to be a cartoonist in my life. Oh, Early really? on, I did pursue that. Created a comic book. Got shot down by you all the did? syndicates. Yeah. Created, you know, the comic, you know, for the comics. I got shot down by all the syndicates. So I was like. So Wait. maybe your third or fourth career will be as an yeah. author. It could be. It could be. Wait, yeah. have you thought about doing like a coloring book based on this? <laughs> I, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah seriously. That would be so fun. cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. So, so when I go and play all the, the adult nursing homes, I can have coloring yeah. books for them. <laughs> there we go. How, no, coloring is very good therapeutic. Yes. yes mm-hmm. After awesome. the show, we're going to have you meet with our marketing manager. Yeah. Oh, yes. Life um, Jackie. coach. Life coach, Jackie. So when you, in, in between the time, you know, when you... Put music aside and, you know, before the band started, what was your main way to be creative? Because during that time, yeah, during that time. So during that time, I did try to do be a comic artist. Wow. Okay. You know? So, so I did try to do that. I didn't pursue it much other than once mm-hmm. I got my, my rejection letters from New York, I just kind of like yeah lost interest. I still have that stuff somewhere. But you're not a person that would um, stop if somebody sent you a rejection letter. Like, no, you don't I just it, to be. I don't think it was really in my heart okay. to pursue it. So you right? didn't really okay. So I, if I would have been a quick yes, so cool. did you do this? I did not do that. So oh, that's another thing that. I've learned. Even though I'm talented at stuff like that. I hire really good outsource. people. Yeah. I outsource to really good people. I, I'm looking at the little storybook that's inside the, comic, the album, yeah. and it's uh, got some really cool uh, comic uh, pictures here. So we're going to strongly suggest that anybody in yeah. the listening audience who chooses to buy this new album. Yes. It comes. Streaming is wonderful, but we, no. we really suggest that you go same. to physically buy the the album and get all the the perks of the right the yeah. storytelling the pictures the artwork and you won't be disappointed they can find this through amazon you said yeah amazon my social, website your yeah. website which yeah. is com, and they can buy it there or they can buy it any of the anywhere you can buy the physical thing i guess amazon i think um, best buy or any of those and places can they find you on social media facebook yeah. instagram yeah facebook uh Instagram, not Twitter. I don't know how to tweet. Um, <laughs> I, I think I do have an account, but I never do it. So. so when they're done like, subscribing, and following The Nooner Show, they can like, subscribe, and follow Alan Turner on all of his social media platforms. That's right. Like us on our social media. We'll appreciate it. What uh, what shows do you have coming up? So I'm doing nothing in Florida. Oh, going no down shows. This is, this is vacation. So I'm going down there. Little spring um, break. Yep. Mm-hmm. Going to meet with some people down there because... Over the since the the all the stuff that's changed, the, my contacts for booking us in the Key West are gone. That doesn't oh. the bar shut down, mm-hmm. the country bar that was on Duval Street's gone. So I got a I got some people I'm going to meet with down there to hopefully bring us into some of the other venues. But other than that, so that's from a business standpoint, but mostly vacation. Um, other than that, the next show coming up is May 10th. Jim and I are doing the singers in the round thing oh, with your oh, you are? Yeah, at the Otis Supply Room. So yeah. we're doing that. Oh, we got to go. So we're excited go. about that. There we go. Um, go. Uh, we're heading to Wabash, Indiana for a Kenny Rogers show. Uh, doing that there. And then there's one in Florida shortly after that. Let's and talk he, about the tribute band. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? Well, if you know my story, you know that my father gave me, as you, as you so nicely told the story early on about my father leaving me just before he passed away, the vinyl record, The Gambler, I fell in love with country music. So in 2010, we opened up for Kenny Rogers in Las Vegas, and I had spent time backstage with Kenny, and he was so kind to me. He was very interested in my story. We talked, this nice bond, and uh, it continued on. 
And when we signed our deal in Nashville in 2014 or 15, um, he let me as attorney free of charge for a half hour just to look over the contract, make sure, you know, we weren't being taken advantage of. Um, And then in later years, we were were getting closer. We actually, I was at the point of being part of his, the company that was his publicist. We got signed and actually did this uh, entertainment tonight type thing when we were promoting our song Windows and Mirrors. Whereas it was, it's just, it's like a, I don't know, a 15 minute segment thing that would be plugged into CMT or, or wherever called the pickup. And, uh, they did a special thing on me, but it was kind of cool. Cause they did a thing on Kenny Rogers. So he was doing something in, in um, Washington DC and then, and then following the gambler, but they told my story a little bit there, had a little interview with me and showed some of the music video and it was really cool. So we were getting signed with this publicist who, like a couple months later was Kenny's big retirement party at Bridgestone arena down in Nashville. And like the next day, the publicist, the news broke as publicists had been molesting young guys, you know, they'd hire them or bring them on as song, you know, people that are trying to make it in the business and wow. promising them the world and, you know, and taking advantage of them sexually and things. And so this whole thing broke and that, that whole agency, which was, there was, there was, I don't know, 30 artists. There was, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, Big and Rich, Cindy oh, wow. Lauper. I mean, there was a whole slew of artists from new to old and the Oak Ridge Boys. They all parted like the Red Sea, right, and left. Wow. And I was kind of like, well, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm done too. So I was like, my one big break, this was going to be the huge break, wow. just disappeared. I think Kenny passed away shortly, and I got so far off on your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's but, all right. We're talking no, about how did you, Kenny when did you decide yeah. to put together So I had tribute. the friendship with Kenny. The, night, the day he passed away um, uh, during COVID in, in 2020, my wife woke me up and said, Kenny passed away. And it was really heartbroken over it because he was such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And um, so I talked to the band. I said, you know, we're playing all these casinos, and we're kind of capped out at what we can make. But... An ACDC tribute comes in, and they make like five to ten times the money that we make. So it was a money thing, partly, and it was an honor thing, partly, to honor the guy who was so cool to me and helped me out. Right. Um, so that's kind of what it became. And it's like, I know if I stop dyeing my beard, it's completely white. I know this. <laughs> so I think I can try to pull off like a look that I'm trying to you know look yeah. like. I know I'm not an, uh, a... Um, an identical, you know, you know, personator like Mike Sugg is to, to Toby Keith, right? But um, I I could pull off an idea like the, the experience, and it's the ideas the to provide people with that Kenny Rogers experience from right. the, er, the the late '80s when he was at the top of his game, the white suit, the the whole you right. Know. Are they two separate shows then? Too yeah. so. You can go to an Alan Turner show. You'll see that advertised totally on different your page. Experience, yep. Or the Kenny Rogers yep. tribute is yep. a different show, yep. a different venue. Yep. Congratulations. That's it's a awesome. lot of fun. How cool when you look back and you connect all those dots, though, that you it is. And it's, get I gotta, this vinyl record when you're a child. Yeah. You end up opening for him. You become good friends with him. Yeah. He's a mentor. And now you, um, are, you have this tribute. You know, so often... When we look at people as as heroes, right? They let us down in life. And Kenny same. wasn't that guy. He was what you saw is what you got with Kenny Rogers. He was and I hear this all the time, like, yeah, 
he's like he was like my best friend and you know it, it, that's mm-hmm. the way he treated you yeah. now I, I wasn't his best friend right you know i couldn't call him up and interrupt him that type of a, it wasn't that type of a relationship but he was super kind to me and was always nice whenever i was around him well, Alan Turner, thank you. Congratulations thank with you. everything you have going on. And um, I can tell you, I've been to a lot of Alan Turner shows. And if you want to see a dynamic, tight band, uh, go see Alan Turner. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. You have a game changer for us? I do have a game changer today. And actually, it kind of ties in here with uh, talking about the music industry, but it's it's not about music, but it's um, evaluating the shiny coin before you go chasing the shiny coin. So we all know people that do that, uh, especially um, in the music industry, but in a lot of different industries. And I know I've done it before, too. Um, we chase the shiny coin because sometimes it seems like it's easier and we might get to where we want to go quicker, but that's not usually true. So one way to do it is to ask yourself six questions as you're evaluating the shiny coins. So ask yourself these six questions. One is the opportunity or the relationship or commitment that's uh, being presented aligned with your three top values. And I say your three top values, meaning the three values that you will not waver for. If they are not aligned, if the opportunity is not aligned with those three values, then the answer is no, don't go chasing it. It's not going to work in the end. Um, The second question that you have to ask yourself when you're evaluating the shiny coin in front of you is, will this opportunity showcase your talents? In other words, is it going to enhance your skills? If it's not, then the answer is no. If it is, well, then continue to evaluate the opportunity. Uh, The third question is, is this shiny coin... Um, is it bigger than you? Like, is it going to make an impact uh, on something more than just you? If it is, then it's worth considering. If it isn't, then you might not want to consider it. Number four, does it make financial sense? Number five, is the shiny coin a gateway opportunity for something that you've always wanted. So for example, like sometimes when an opportunity comes along, it might not look like a good opportunity, but there might be a reason it could connect you to something that could lead to something better. Um, So evaluate all of that. Like before you jump and say, yes, is it going to lead you to something better? If it is, that's worth considering. If it's not going to lead you to anything else, then maybe you shouldn't consider it. And number six, which is one of the most important questions you you should ask yourself, is if you say yes to it, what are you going to have to say no to? Because whatever you say yes to, it's going to take you away from something you really should be working on or you committed to. So uh, remember, there's no shortcut. Every path of change that you want to make requires a journey. It requires sticking to something if you really want to see the blessings happen. Uh, People give up way too soon chasing the shiny coin. There are no shortcuts. So ask yourself those things, evaluate those things, and that's the game-changing idea for the week. For more game-changing tips, uh, you can go to gamechangercoaching.today. All right, let's get ready to toss the fortune cookies. All right. Are you going to toss it? Yep. And then at the end, we will 
add, so we always read our fortune, and then at the end we're going to add when you visit Captain John's lost... Captain Ron's. Uh, Ron. Captain Ron's. I'll put my glasses on, too. <laughs> Captain Ron's lost hacienda. All right, so we're going to toss our cookies in whatever way the prongs are facing. That right. means that fortune is meant for you. Better ask twice than lose yourself once when you visit the Los Hacienda. <laughs> Life should not only be lived, it should be celebrated live at the Los Hacienda. Oh, Very nice. Wow. An important person will offer you support when you visit the Los Hacienda. Mine says, a soft voice may be awfully persuasive when you visit the lost hacienda. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. I look forward to finding out when your third or fourth career hits and you, <laughs> you're you a published author. Yeah. That just hasn't happened yet. No. But a great story in terms of your music and your passion and your, your you. different concerts. We can check you out in May, you said, at Otis, Singers yeah, in the Round. Yep, that's uh, the closest I'll be uh, May 10th, Yeah, because otherwise April we're doing the Kenny thing and it's out-of-state stuff. So. You can visit uh, alanturnermusic.com and ultimatekennyrogerstribute.com as well. And maybe they'll go out-of-state. Yeah. yeah. I get a lot of people vacation. to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Road trip, <laughs> Alan Turner. That a lot of people do fun. that. They look out in the audience and say, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. What are you doing here? You know. That's very cool. All right. Remember, sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with us, and have a great week. Cut. <laughs>